Howdy, folks. Happy Wednesday. Oh, happy Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, no, no. It's I, I normally have my physical therapy on Wednesday, and today I had a special. Uh, it got the schedule got oh, remixed, so that's why. Sorry. So happy Tuesday. Uh, it is sunny and well, I, I, I guess 50 degrees is considered warm after we've been 10 degrees, 12 degrees the last few months. So um, that's that's a nice thing. And uh, as some people in the chat are mentioning here, I'll just mention it. Uh, yes, my I did get mentioned on 31 Thoughts yesterday uh, by Jeff Merrick, uh, not relating to hockey, relating to history because he's getting into he's been into World War One. Over the uh, and I, you know, being somebody who almost almost has a master's in history, I ha I was pointing him to uh, different books to to read on the subject, and you know, he mentioned my name and uh, on on the show. So that was that was. You should have mentioned how you failed to talk about the Boston Massacre when I gave you the opportunity. <laughs> okay, all right. Start us off with the pre-show, Russ. So let's talk about clickbait and the New York Times. They put up this article that I saw this morning that says. Hey, sorry, New York, California has the best bagels. And of course, I didn't click on the article because let's let's get down to what makes a good bagel. Okay. It may be possible that California bagels are better than they were 10 years ago. I'll grant you that. Mm -hmm. um, if you're toasting your bagel, you're doing it wrong. Basically, if you're toasting it, that is an indictment on the bagel. Yes. Because if you get a bagel right, you just eat it the way they give it to you at the store. You get your schmear and, and you're good. Right. That is the mark of a good bagel. Whether it comes out warm or it's just like been out for a little while, that's the mark of a good bagel. Once you start toasting it, once you start doing other things to it, then it's, it's toast. no longer a good bagel. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah. See that that's the thing, and I actually don't want a bagel that is. I mean, because they make them. There's a place here that it makes New York style bagels. A guy uh, was from I think Brooklyn, moved to Buffalo, and he's got a couple stores here. And I don't like it when they come right out of the you know, the water bath or whatever, how they make right. it. Um, because I don't like cream cheese melted. I like, you know, like, okay, I want, I get that. yeah, I, I, I want the bagel room temperature and I want the schmear and I just want the bagel. I don't want mm -hmm. it toasted. I don't want it warm. I just want the bagel and the cream cheese and boom. If no, it's water, it's, how it yeah. should be, if, if it's good, if it's going to stand on its own. I mean, that's why I like a company like Lenders with the frozen bagels. If you're getting... A bagel from your bagel shop and you don't love it you might as well just get that because you're going to throw everything in the toaster anyhow right and, and why pay big money for it now here in jersey i could find decent bagels there is one place that's decent in philly there's one really good place so once in a while i was able to go there and and get some stuff pre-pandemic so philly does have some decent uh look i've tried the montreal it's very good <laughs> It's not better than the New York, so everybody, every Canadian's wrong about that. Yeah, I've never had the California bagel. I've only seen the pictures that were posted. I'm like, okay, I'm not really. Yeah, you know, I could definitely tell you what you're dealing with bagel-wise. And and to be honest, look, here's what you want. Like as an example, I like salt bagels, right? Perfect salt bagel is it's a little chewy. It doesn't have too too much salt because there are some places that just put like a half gallon of salt on it. And per per Perla hates salt. Man. I know. And and so, you know, there is that too, right? There's a fine line. There's a delicate balance. But if it's right, you know, the bottom's done a little bit. You've got that little, the right amount of salt and the right amount of chewiness. Yeah. I I, I prefer an everything bagel, uh, cream cheese. Now, it doesn't have to be plain cream cheese. I, I'll, I'll get a little, uh, you know, 
saucy and get like the um, the scallion cream cheese or the garlic cream cheese or whatever. You know, that's fine. You know, if they don't, they don't have everything, then I'll go with, uh, yeah, let's see, probably rye, not rye bagel or pumpernickel or marble. Yeah, any rye. of those are fine. Yeah, I mean, they're fine. There's a lot of different ones. Like, I know a friend who gets in everything bagel and he still puts, he gets a plain bagel, puts the everything stuff on it, but said if he got an everything bagel, he still would put the everything powder on it. And I'm like, why? Yeah, and that's, so, that's overkill. It's overkill. If it's a good everything bagel, it's going to cover now, everything. Okay, here's where, here, and okay, here's where I, I depart from some people. I love salmon. I love, you know, mm -hmm. I, I love his salmon filet. I'll cook mm -hmm. it. I'll do, you know, I don't like lox and cream cheese on a bagel. Okay. I mean, I guess it's a required taste for sure. It, you know, there's different types too. So it all depends. There's like a belly lox that's like basically salty. Yeah. There's uh, Nova, which is the popular one, which you see sometimes even being carved by hand. And that one's much more like less salty. It's shaved. It's like it's sort of shaved. shaved. Yeah. And it's thin. And so like it pretty much flakes off in your mouth. But you also could get like a scotch salmon, you know, like there's a, there are some different types, but I get it. It's not for everybody. Yeah. The place in Buffalo is called Bagel Jays. They should let me, uh, they should probably uh, let me or pay me for, for advertising, but they're really good on, on Delaware Avenue. Um, all right. Um, let's start the show. Eck will be joining us in a minute. We have a few things to discuss right off the bat here. Hello, Hockey World. Today is Tuesday, March 9th, 2021. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. All right, let's start with this. Um, Mike Babcock. Now, uh, he came out, and I just saw this a few minutes ago, so it's sort of fresh in my mind, and I listened to the little audio clip. Andy Strickland, a uh, friend of the show, friend of uh, Hockey Buzz, uh, posted on a the Strick, Cam and Strick podcast. I think it's Cam Jansen who's right, the Cam. Is. Um, so Babcock was on there. And if you listen to the audio clip that I just retweeted, uh, you will hear Babcock say, I quote, quote, love is not blowing smoke up people's butts. But if you listen to the whole quote, he talks about basically saying that he's sort of some sort of chameleon that like every year he sort of rethinks his, you know, mode of operations and, you know, adjusts to whatever circumstance. I have never heard a load of bullshit bigger in my life because Mike Babcock in his four years in Toronto did, did not adjust worth a good guy. Oh, he's the same guy. He's yeah. always the same guy. I, it's, I it's, many times too. Yeah, it's unbelievable how brazenly he's lying to, to, to try to get a job back in the NHL because I'm telling you right now, I was, in you know, I was in the locker room as a member of the media. I was at uh, uh, pregame morning skates. I was at uh, uh, postgame uh, 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 media availabilities. He's the same guy. Yeah, the same guy from the beginning to the end. He was the I same guy in Anaheim. He was the same guy in Detroit. Nothing has changed with Mike Babcock. Nothing will. And that quote is a quote you expect to hear from Mike Babcock. Yeah, and. You know what? There's nothing wrong with the quote. The problem is, is when you get there and you have that kind of, all right, prove it to me or you're basically never going to play for me. Like, I don't know, like plenty of players that he has 
put in the doghouse forever. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't go well anymore. It no, doesn't. I mean, see, this is this is the thing. Mike Babcock, and we saw this with, in some instances with star players, in other in instances with players who were borderline NHLers. Frankie Corrado is the biggest example. Yeah. And, you know, okay, Frankie Corrado was never going to be a star in the NHL, but simply because Lou Lamorello claimed him off of waivers without the say-so of Mike Babcock, Mike Babcock said this guy's never going to play. And Lamorello, he had, a few others. He, he, he had a few others that he wasn't giving much playing time to and didn't, you know, wasn't very fair to. And if he liked somebody, he would play him regardless, like Gauthier. Like he, he had obvious blind spots. And I don't know, the, the thing that I took most about the last go round of Mike Babcock is if you're a young player with him and you don't come in as a complete player, how much are you going to play for him unless you're Mitch Marner? Unless you have that much ability? And even and even with the star players, I mean, he refused in the four years that he was there. Um, I think the grand total of games that Marner and Matthews played together was fifteen. I mean, there was yeah. a stretch for like a couple weeks where they played together, and then he went back to Neilander with Matthews and Marner with Tavares, and he essentially says, "Well, you know, I know, I know what's best for my team, and those guys playing separately is best for the team." And you see, right now, the combination of Marner and Matthews is the most dynamic combo in the league, next to McDavid and Drysaddle. And McDavid and Drysaddle aren't even playing anymore together anymore, unless you know they get into a slump and then they have to play them. So yeah. I mean, you know, so it's the job of the coach to manipulate the roster to, to make the decisions. But I just think you know the bad taste that was left in the mouths of people after Babcock was fired by the Leafs, and we heard about what he, what kind of games he was playing, especially with Marner. And now he's trying to shine up his act to uh, a good example. Okay. Let's let's give an example. Um, so let's say Mike Babcock goes to, I don't know, let's say he goes to the Sabres, right? Let's say the Sabres get the first pick. Let's say it's Owen Power. Of course, Sabres management's gonna want Owen Power to play, and I think he could play in the NHL. But where's he gonna put Owen Power? How many minutes is he gonna give him? What's he gonna do with him? And if he Owen Power has a couple of bad games, is he just instantly going to be on the third pair, never see power play, and just have to do it the Babcock way? That's probably and, what happens. And that, and there's the, there's the other thing, guys like Matthews and Tavares. Now Marner he played a lot, but guys like Matthews and Tavares, he like okay, you're each going to get like 19 minutes a night. You're not, you know, as soon as Keefe took over. He was playing Matthews 25 minutes a night. Why? Because, you know, not on every instance, but in, you know, games where they were close or games where the Leafs needed to come back. Why? Because Matthews is 23 years old and because he can play 25 minutes. That's mm -hmm. what, you know, that's when you, you know, give these guys extra ice time when they're young and when they have the ability to play, play that. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we know what Bab Babcock's trying to get back in. There may be a team that gets desperate enough to take him. I don't know who that'll be or when that'll be. Right. I mean – And it has nothing to do with his coaching ability. No. It has everything to do with his style. Yeah, his style is mentality. So, yep. I, yeah. So, I mean – it, uh, go and listen to it on uh, on the uh, Andy Strickland's uh, website. Yeah, Andy's great. I, I definitely would listen to it. Yeah. Now, okay. Um, switching to 
the news that has broken over the last 24 hours. Chris Johnston from Sportsnet first reported that there were going to be proposed changes to the NHL draft lottery. Darren Drager reported that um, it looks like the draft is going to stay in July, uh, that it's not going to be moved forward. There was yes, if they ever tell Russ Cohen once, a guy who really cares about the draft. But all right, it's okay, NHL, whatever. Um, Gary Bettman and Daly are going to have – Immediate availability on Thursday. If you put two and two together, it's probably an announcement tied to that. Yeah. Um, but uh, first, with the draft not moving forward, uh, I spoke to somebody yesterday. Who thinks there's not a chance there's going to be the combine in Buffalo uh, when normally there is. I think there's still a chance. Why would not a chance? Tell me about that. Well, I, I, you know, maybe it's the fact that I would think that the combine is even more important now than than it would be in normal years because we haven't been able to see these players. The measurables are going to be even more important unless you're unless you're uh, a team managed by John Chica. Yeah, I think I think there's something to that. But I'm, I'm streaming the Met game as I'm watching, and of course, I know it's a loss. Don't worry, Russ. It's a loss. I uh, no, actually, they got went one, two, three on your Cardinals. Anyhow. Um, no, but when you have a note on the calendar, it just stays on there. It annoyed me. Anyhow, what I would say on on this is I like the idea of keeping the draft in July. I like the idea of just saying, hey, there's going to be a draft. Okay. So now we know there's going to be a draft. I also like the idea about this. You can't move up more than 10 spots. I agree with that. There shouldn't be a reward for a team that either just missed the playoffs or even made the first round and got eliminated to be able to move up 10 spots. Like why? There shouldn't be that reward. Um, now, the two times in five years, I'm okay with that because I think that's the anti-tanking part of it, don't you think? Yes and no. I mean, sometimes I mean, it's not intentional, but still, if you wanted to tank every year, at least this would prevent you from getting the top pick every year like in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, the reason that they're gonna they're making changes now is because they saw last year that Detroit was not trying to tank. Detroit just right. sucked, and they lost. You know, they fell from one to four. So that's, I mean, that really is. Yeah, this way you can't go past two. Right. So, I mean, I don't think it prevents tanking. I think in sp in specific strategic years, if you have a McDavid. No, it's, it prevents the multi-year tank. It doesn't yes. prevent the one-year tank. Yes, it prevents the Edmonton Oilers situation. Yes, it prevents four number ones overall. Penguins back in the day. Yeah, but they were strategic. Well, I mean, every other year. Yeah, it wasn't every year. Right, exactly, and that's see, you could do that. I mean, you yeah. got to remember that Pittsburgh team. Flurry was a number one. Malkin was a number two. Stahl was a number two or three. Yeah, uh, Ryan Whitney was a top five pick. Yeah. And and Crosby was number one, so you had a you had a core group that were top five picks. But the flurry they traded up for, so that was legit. Sure, but they but they traded up like two or three spots. Yeah. So. Yeah, but yeah. I, you know, again, yeah, you do <clears throat> you do want to be able to build a team through the draft under reasonable terms. Like in other words, like yes, you've gone through a season, your team wasn't very good. So you have the chance of getting better through the draft, not whereas a team's really good, but this isn't our year. So let's just fall to the bottom so we can get a great pick. And then next year we'll be in the playoffs again. That's, that's the kind of stuff that isn't great for the league. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, that's, yeah, that, hey. that's the thing that uh, with, with this, I mean, 
not only is it like it limits you i mean okay first it's the lottery period if you have the 15th pick mm. and you move up 10 10 slots to five that's considered a lottery win so that prevents yeah. you from winning the lottery the the next that that five or that you know another one you one more time but Right in in that five year period, so that's fair. Year. I mean, ten spots is a lot. I need you guys to do me a favor, um, because I've been doing nothing but rumors and family stuff for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. I have not gotten the update on what you're talking about. So okay, fill, this, me, fill me in on the I'll, story. I'll, I'll read. I'll read the. I'll read the tweet from Chris Johnston from, right. from Sportsnet who reported it yesterday. The NHL is proposing changes to the draft lottery that would see a teams limited to no more than two lottery wins in a five year period. B, okay. teams only allowed to jump 10 spots with a lottery win. So right. that, that is 15th could only get up to five. Yeah, these are good. Those are good. I mean, I like, I'm, I'm okay with those. So, so the lowest you could finish is 11 to get the number one pick. Right. Um, and a reduction of in the number of picks decided by lottery from three to two. So that means if Detroit finishes last overall and loses the lottery in both instances, the lowest they draft is three instead of right. Four. Right. Right. So, okay. Yeah. I, I like they've, they've adjusted it. They put limits on it. They've put limits on multi-year right. tanking like Edmonton. Yeah. But which I put, think is good. I mean, I, I definitely think that that, that multi-year thing is, is well, a great rule. It, it prevents the multi-year tank. I think if you do move up 10 spots, that should count as a lottery win because that shouldn't happen every year because you're right. almost a playoff team or maybe you got eliminated the last day <laughs> or maybe last year you were a playoff team, right? Right, so, right, right. So, true, yeah, true. I, I do think that that's fair. True. All right, yeah. I mean, I, this, has been a, this has been an issue that's been bothering me for a really long time. So, and, I like, and I like but at least they're going to have a draft. That's what makes me yeah. happy. And, uh, and Darren Drager reported this morning that um, – the NHL is not going to move the draft forward uh, to next year. That it'll be, it says, waiting confirmation from the NHL, but sources indicate the NHL draft will remain in its originally scheduled July slot. There were numerous obstacles, including NHLPA related concerns that seemingly trumps the push of several NHL GMs to move the draft to January or 2022. One of the aspects that they were concerned about is the fact that if you move the draft forward a year, you know, there's a two year amount, two year time slot for players to get drafted to, especially in this, in the CHL to go back into the draft. Or be or okay. be signed. If they moved the draft forward, the NHLPA was like, "We're not going to move the window two years forward." You know, basically, then the window for those players would be one year. And Plus, they, and like, let's say you moved it to August. August is much tougher um, for the NHL owners to get tea times in like Augusta and places like that. So that's why July they're willing to say, "All right, that's fine," because you know, at least after that, we can you know get on the golf course and yeah. and, and do what's important. Now the yeah. we were we were just uh, for our own uh, um, informational purposes we were wondering whether um, the NHL and maybe uh, there's a conference call with Bettman and Daly on Thursday we could ask whether yeah. uh, the combine will take place because the combine usually takes place about a month before the draft in Buffalo and yeah. you would think in a year where there was little play in the CHL yeah. um, that it would be even more important to get the measurables and things of that nature about from uh, for these players, but maybe the COVID concerns would prevent right. that from happening. I don't, we don't know. 
Yeah, we don't know, but I think I mean it. It, it would we would think that uh, you it would it would appear like right now that things are moving in the right direction. You know, with 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 the COVID stuff, um, with the acceleration of all the it, it all it, it all depends on who you believe. Back you came, I, I you you know, d vaccines are being distributed in great numbers, and and the numbers are going down. But then we hear people talking about there's going to be a spike as things open up. I mean, I, here's what I believe. I, I believe Fauci, and I believe the CDC. I know people want to get on Fauci because he has to give these messages. And since nobody is 100% right all the time, especially right. on something like this, yes, he is going to be wrong sometimes. And people have to just deal with that. And he's going to play it conservatively, which is what you have to do. You know, if you're, if, if you're him, you have to play it conservatively. You cannot go the opposite direction. That makes right. more sense to be conservative. Eventually, you know, there will be a point at which we're all back to normal. But we're not yeah. there yet. We're getting closer, though. We're closer than we were a year, from, a year ago. So. Now now I want to I want to uh, slide into rumors yeah. here, yeah, uh, and start and start with the Sabers because the news broke um, yeah. a couple hours ago about about um, Jack Eichel not playing tonight against the Flyers, and they say it's an upper body injury, and there is some speculation about it being longer term. Uh, Mike yeah. Harrington was just on uh, Toronto radio and didn't seem to indicate that it was a long term thing, so I don't know. I'm not sure where that speculation is coming from, but. On the I think it's coming from Elliot Friedman, um, but it, but I've also heard um, I've heard other things. I mean, Elliot seems to be the one who thinks. Oh yeah, no, 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 I'm not doubting his sources. If he's reporting. No, but I, I've heard from other people that I think it's early to go on long term. I think Elliot may have gotten someone. No, they were saying it's a long term. It's a long term injury. Not that he's going on LTIR. Right, right, but I think I think that from what I was told, it's potentially long term, but they don't know yet. So right. that. That, that seems to be where it's at, really, for real. But, right, but, but this, is, this is the problem with this. This went from he's not injured yeah. to he is injured to now he's not playing. Right. And, and look, I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of fans have flushed this season already, but when they want to watch a hockey game, they do at least want to get some sort of information to know who is going to be in the lineup and when they're going to be in the lineup. Yeah. And right now the Sabres have failed in that message miserably. Well, and that's on see that's on Ralph Kruger because Ralph Kruger, Ralph Kruger for all his great right. communication skills, I mean, I, I there's only one way to say it, he's been lying to the media. And I get it when it comes to uh injuries when it's a playoff situation, but in the regular season when it got you like when you're asked on a Monday, is Jack Eichel playing injured? Oh no, he's not. On Thursday, he hurts he hurts his a lower body injury. He says in practice or in the morning skate, it actually happened in the previous game. And then we find out after he, he scratched for that game that, oh, lo and behold, he had an upper body injury in training camp that he's been playing with. Be right. honest. Right. It's like, he's not, you know, okay, that colors the opinion of Jack well, Eichel all year because Jack Eichel has been not playing like Jack Eichel. And if he's playing injured, then that's a reason. All right, but point counterpoint on that, Mike, and you know this in Russia, you know, it's true to be the chase. You don't, people don't like to tell other people the hockey, your, your hockey players hurt. Like if you, if you sit there and you oh, say, but he's got a bad shoulder, then every time he goes out there, people are going to be looking at well, that shoulder. We didn't say specifically. Ask specifically, specifically. Yeah, but even upper body, you just you don't want that because it's like you know, like hey, you know, the word's going to get out there very quickly. I mean, anything like that is like gold in a locker room. It's no, like just I, like that, that part's true. I, I think where it becomes counterproductive is the way this went down, where all of a sudden it's like, well, hey, wait. So now you're saying he was hurt all along, but he looked fine to me 
playing for the last couple weeks, and now all of a sudden he's not fine. Like that's when the fan says, mm, "I don't quite buy this because none of us noticed any anything wrong with Jack Eichel on the ice." Mike, did you notice? You've seen the most of them. He doesn't look any anything like he played last year. He, he's no, but he didn't look like he was playing laboring or something. That's what I'm saying. Last time well, I saw him, skate, skating wise, no, but he right. clearly, clearly there was. Yeah. I mean, he was not playing the way he played last mm -hmm. year. I didn't know what it was, but mm -hmm. see, the thing is, my my criticism here is not that he hid the uh, the injury fact. It's the fact that they released the injury information when it suited them. It was like okay, we're gonna put, we're gonna say he's not injured because okay, we're you know we're gonna play a little uh, hanky panky with the media, but then when he's hurt, oh by the way, he's been dealing with an upper body. If you stick with what you're taught, what you what you were dealing, you know, what I don't know. Does that really matter, Mike? I mean, really, yes. I, mean, I, I, I think it affects credibility, Act. I think no, but I think I think you're protecting. You can easily say you're protecting your player there. You can easily shade that. I mean, it's like this is I. You definitely, if I'm Michael, don't tell people that I'm hurt. You know, Eichel knows he's hurt. The Sabres know he's hurt. Yeah. I mean, it's like I think it was pretty obvious that he was that he wasn't one hundred percent. I mean, he's he's you know, look at the skill the guy has and look at the numbers he's putting up. I mean, but you can sit there and say is Taylor Hall also under not one hundred percent? I don't know. But but this but 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 okay, all the Eichel stuff sort of slides into the other stuff with Buffalo that yeah. that Elliot reported on the weekend where he said that the the Sabres are wide open for business. Yeah, no, that's for sure. And um, I wanted to address this real quickly because uh, Brent Burns, yeah. the Brent Burns rumor is really pretty hot right now, actually. Um, I've heard it a couple times. Uh, and I don't know where Elizabeth got it from. <laughs> but I'll tell you the funny thing, the because no, because I have not heard it out there in the mainstream. Maybe it's out there in the mainstream, but I've heard it um, behind the scenes a little bit. So I thought it was interesting. Um, I don't know the offer, it's, but there is something, there is definitely talk there. Um, and I heard it yesterday. I heard it I'll this morning. What I think it would cost. Vorchek. Yeah, go ahead. What do you think it would cost? I don't think they want Borachek. They, they don't want salary like that. They've got enough salary with Carlson. I think they would want York, Cam York, Travis Konechny, and a first. Yeah. Konechny has the same amount of term left as Burns. Konechny yeah. makes $2.5 million less. So that's a savings on that. They get offense. They get a defenseman they can put in in the next year or two when they start to get better, and they get a first for this year. What about yeah. Austin Spear? I don't think they want Costas Spirit. Well, I mean, do you think that I they think want Cam York connecting in a first is is way too much to give up for Brent Burns? Do you think? Do you but think this is Brent Burns? I know it's Brent Burns, but he's not. He's, he hasn't been a very good Brent Burns for oh, a little bit. Here. If he if he leaves that team, the whole world knows what Brent Burns can do on the ice. How old is Brent Burns now? I don't even care how old he is. I think mm -hmm. he's thirty-four, but I'll double check. I do. I mean, it's like look at look. We all we all knew what we you know what uh, Eric Carlson could do on the ice too. But oh wait, but Eric Carlson had Achilles. Thirty-six. Thirty-six. Yeah. yeah, that's too much, Russ. You can't give a thirty-six-year-old. <laughs> you're not going to get the defenseman you think you're going to get. Well, Russ, no, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying you're going to get the defenseman you're going to get. But you're not going to give. I mean, the only I, way, if the you were to say maybe Travis Nekney in a first or Cam York in a first, I'm a little bit. If you say I'm going to give all those for a first, no. The only way it makes sense for San Jose, because remember, San Jose is probably wanting to, you know, they know they're not going anywhere. They know Burns may be still decent now, but he's 36 years old. So probably in a year or two, yeah. that, that contract is another albatross. But they're right. going to have to take Perfect. something back, and that's Gostaspear. But, yeah, I, I don't think they would take him back. If they – if they might take him back in that deal. Maybe that is the other part of that deal. 
Yeah. But either way, I think that's they're going to have the Flyers would have to give that up. And honestly, Eck, they're only losing one roster player if they want to have a chance to to make a run. And if you want Brent Burns this year to make a run, you're going to have to give up things you don't want to give up. Yeah, I mean, I guess Burns, I, Burns would be your pairing with with Provorov. He'd be yeah. your, on your top pair. Ooh, I think that's a bad They're the same player. They're the same player. You wouldn't want to put them together. Like they're oh, the they're same kind of player. Burns is so much better offensively than Provorov. Oh my God, so much better. All right, he's better offensively than Provorov. But you know what yes. you want Provorov to do is you want Pro Provorov's at his best when you have somebody who's like a stable like defensive defenseman next to him, not. Not a not. Then you then you put bring the puck up the ice and not then, worry about it. Then you put Myers with him, and then you put Sanheim with Burns. That's what I would do. Something more like that, to be you honest. No, you see, then you're not solving your problem. I still would put Burns with him because, again, I would let Burns be the puck transporter and let Provorov get back to playing defense and not having to worry about the rest. Brett Burns, you don't have to worry about him. You don't. Gossespear, you do have to worry. Even though he's fast and can bring the puck up, as you saw, like even last game, he had another gaffe. So you do have to yeah. worry about that. Yeah, no, Brent, definitely. Brent, Brent, nothing, nobody's going to be Niskanen that you're going to get on this market. Even Ekholm isn't Niskanen. They're they're all different versions of that kind of player. Brent Burns has Brent Burns has four more years on his contract. The AAV is eight million. Yeah. Uh, the last four years it goes down seven five six five five and five. So the cost of you know, winning. If that's what you want to do to win, that's what you're going to have to. You're going to. That's what. Yeah, I just don't think the Flyers are are in that are that like are that one piece away well, to make that kind and of. And that's the, that was the I, point. I, I agree with you on that actually. That was the point that I made with Russ yesterday. I was like. Okay, if they're going to have to sell significant assets to get an Ekholm or to get a Savard, do they think they're that player away from? I don't think they're beating Washington. I don't think they're beating Boston. I don't think they're beating the Islanders. So why give up assets? Maybe they could beat Washington on their best day. The Islanders, I don't think so either, and definitely not Boston. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the playoffs are the playoffs. They make the playoffs. I know. Right now, they're they yeah. may not make the playoffs. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is is charging. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Flyers will look better after this weekend playing the Sabres, but it won't give it won't be an indicator of really where they are as a team. That Capitals game was a good indicator of where they are as a team. I don't. I mean, that was their sixth game in nine nights, Russ. Everybody's doing that. Everybody yeah, but that's like that's it's like, to call that an indicator. I mean, and they still they have the lead for most of the game. I mean, they still. But I mean, to be honest, it's like to sit there and say it's your sixth game in nine nights is your indicator. I don't know about that. I, I do. I use it as an indicator. Absolutely. Now, 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 going mm. going going back to Buffalo for a second. Yeah. I mean, the Taylor Hall stuff. I mean, people got to realize Taylor Hall's got a no move clause, so he's going to go where he wants to go. Uh, he controls his fate. Now I think he want he's going to want to go someplace because Buffalo is an unmitigated disaster. He's going to want to try to go someplace where he can play in the playoffs. Right, and but that, see the thing is, is that okay? He's got an eight million dollar cap hit. That means they can if they retain fifty percent, that's a four million dollar cap hit. There are not many contending clubs that can even handle the four million act. That's I heard him. I heard St. Louis mentioned with him yesterday. What is St. Louis? I don't know their cap situation. I just heard them mentioned as a possibility for Hall. Yeah. Well, the Bozak is on uh, LTIR. I mean, it would basically be, be a situation uh, if they retain fifty percent that uh, they could take on Hall, and then Bozak wouldn't be able to come back until the playoffs. That might work. I mean, Colorado's got cap space. I think the Islanders um, might have cap space enough cap space. 
But there are very yeah. few teams. Like, I mean, there's a cra- there's been a crazy rumor the last 48 hours about the Leafs being interested in Hall. Okay, tell me how. I mean, the only way mm-hmm. that the Leafs are going to be able to add anybody at the deadline is to get a third team involved, which happened last year with the Robin Leonard deal. They were the third team involved, right. and, they, and they had they retained salary so Leonard's cap hit could fit with Vegas. But they're going to have to find a third team with cap space, like New Jersey, for example, to take on half of the – half yeah to fit the cat the cap hit so that's tough detroit is another team that could do it too yeah i mean we are we're about like a, almost exactly what april 12th there's is the trade no, a little, little over a month yeah so pretty much a month out right now um but, but the, 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 there seems to be a school of thought that a lot of the canadian teams are probably going to make their moves in the next week to two weeks because of the 14-day yeah. quarantine, and I, I've been trying to find out, and I've been not been successful, whether the Canadian teams have petitioned the Canadian government to get like some sort of special dispensation to reduce it from 14 right. to a lower amount, and I have not been able to find out whether I haven't heard if there's an official petition. I have heard that teams, for some reason, when I, I talked to um, Winnipeg, somebody in Winnipeg a couple days ago, and they acted as if they were going to get that lowered. Like they, they felt like they feel like I think their feeling is that they're and I know it's nothing formal has been said, but I, I think there's a feeling at least among that team, and that's just one team, granted, but you know, it's a guy who's pretty connected with the league, that they were gonna get that lowered. Um yeah, whether they, or not they do or not. That cha- that changes the whole landscape of the deadline because if those teams only have to wait seven days, then mm-hmm. they can wait closer to April. 12th. And there'll be more deals for sure. And there'll be more deals because yeah. right now I don't think they're. I think you know. I think they said last year it was forty-one trades on deadline. A week. lot actually. It's last probably year, gonna. Yeah. It's probably gonna be half of that. Which is yeah, like, I mean, oh, and yeah, I think this is. I remember last year the trade deadline happens right before everything goes down, so there was no feeling like anything was. It was just we just kind of a regular season for the rest of the year, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's that. I, I think is I think is going to be an, is going to be an issue. Um, I do want to answer one thing too uh, to, yeah. to the chat room. Uh, there are teams that win back to back games. If you're going to use back to back as an excuse as to why a team lost, you can't do that this year because everybody's playing back to back games. No, I, and granted, everybody, Russ, I do agree. With you. Listen, everybody has no. There's no question that everybody is playing like a ton of games, and you can't sit there and use the schedule. But I think that if you're going to see where a team really is at. You know, it shouldn't be the last game of a six and nine against a good team. Like, I mean, especially okay. at, 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 you know, less if they were doing three and four, four and six. Well, you know, they do against Pittsburgh. I mean, they came back and won that one game, but they lost two out of three there. So how? Yeah, I mean, they they lost the, the the first game. You know, they blew. The second game, they came back and they and they had a great comeback and won. And the third game was back and back. You know, it was just a game that they lost. It wasn't like the the you know, it's it's obvious the difference between Pittsburgh and the Flyers. Somebody lost else, three out of four. Right, they did. They lost three that's out of four, and then they lose. There's no question that that, that that's not you know. That's their, what I'm saying. All of this that's their first stretch like that all year to sit there and say that that's their measuring point. I mean, they haven't lost. They haven't lost th- th- three out of you know. I don't think three out of six all year. Three out of eight all year before that. Buffalo. Once they stop playing Buffalo, maybe that'll happen. Well, they 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 beat everybody but Boston for the beginning of the season. I mean, now they're now yeah, they've. That was a thing early on. Now it's not a thing anymore. Well, no, the Penguins beat them twice, and yeah, you're right. I mean, no, now, there's no question about it. Uh, I just think, I think that that's a little bit that's, that's a little bit of picking the right spots, you know, to 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 kind of make your point there. I'm not. I think rest the answer to me is somewhere between what you're saying and what I'm saying. I don't think that you can look at that as their, I mean, as their real benchmark. 
game. Um, but you know, this stretch goes back to like you know Tahoe. <laughs> this stretch is high. So we're just, we're talking about like a bunch of games where they didn't have a lot of players, a bunch of games. So this stretch I mean, goes yeah. back to the to the time that Carter Hart started having problems. But even right. in this game, I mean, they've had their players for the Penguin series. They've had their players for the Capitals. The Capitals didn't even have Tom Wilson in that game. Right. Right. No, they had their players for the Penguins and the Capitals. You're right. And and you know, the Penguins, like I said, they were three good games. I'm not saying the Flyers are going to kill the Penguins every time like they did in the beginning of the season. I think that the Penguins, you know, are you saw Malkin actually show up in those games. That helps a lot. Yep. Um, Malkin actually played. And that is the um, risk when you play him, right? Yeah. So, but but there is a big the big difference between the Flyers and the Penguins to me is is obviously in depth. The Flyers are a way deeper team than the Penguins are. The, we could say that, but right now, Penguins' fourth line is not close to the Flyers' fourth line. But, but again, it may not matter. I mean, that's the whole thing. Uh, it will matter with this kind of this kind okay. of scheduling. I mean, it might. It might, I mean, but I, I'm not going to just hand well, it to him. I don't let think me, that's let me, let, let's just answer. Let's just answer James's question yes. here about Ristolainen. Okay, the one nobody is untrainable in in Buffalo except for maybe Eichel right now and the young guys like Darlene and Cousins. Yeah, Darlene is untradeable. Uh, Ristolainen was having a really great year playing with Jake McCabe, and then he got COVID, and he is a shadow of his former self. He is right. he's playing, but he's not playing well. So I don't think. They would. I don't think teams that are interested in him would trade for him now because he might be that way for the rest of the year. He's got a year yeah, left. I don't think they're going to risk it either. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Um, and because yeah. because because the Flyers would have to give up significant assets to get Ristolainen, and that might be an off the that might be a, a, a an off season deal. It yeah. would make sense because I think the the the, the chatter here, Eck, is that the Sabers are going to blow it up. Um, well, I think that you know, I think that's got to be pretty obvious. I mean, tonight's a tonight's tonight. You know, they're in Philly. Um, Philly's definitely going to be fit for bear after that last game, um, mm-hmm. after those last couple games. And you know, and there's no Eichel. And that to me, like, if I'm like a hockey person, that tells me the Flyers are going to have trouble again tonight. That's just like a typical thing that you see. Like when oh, everything, everything, when everything faces one way for one team, every faces another way for another team. But it shouldn't um, be the whole game like that. I can see it starting yeah. off that way. Yeah. But it shouldn't be the whole game that way. It you shouldn't know I mean? be, but yeah. we'll see. I mean, you know, this is a, this is a, this is you know this this is a tough part of the schedule. You know, they have a lot. They have no. a, you know, it's a tough part of everybody's they schedule. Can't hold but, you know. a part of the schedule when they're playing Buffalo, though, I can't. Yeah, no. I mean, it, no, 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 not not. It could be a tra- it could be a trap game because Buffalo sucks so bad right now, and you basically are looking at the situation and saying, "Okay, right. we have to win this game." And if you underestimate them, then you could lose. But right, um, okay, back. I think Jake DeBrusque is something we should touch on too. Um, yeah, I was well, just and Panarin too. And Panarin, yeah, I'll talk, start with DeBrusque. DeBrusque is out of the lineup tonight. There's um, he's, he's a healthy scratch tonight. He has struggled. Um, this is obviously this. There's not a fit there for DeBrusque and the Bruins. They've it's been. It's been a really like it feels like a forced relationship for a long time now, um, for whatever reason. Yeah, which kind of is crazy because it seems it like you know, I, I never understood. It doesn't it. make any sense, but there's something there that obviously it's just, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, DeBrusque is available. I've heard that he could be traded as early as today or tomorrow. Well, um, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I feel like it's. I feel like his, his when I, I heard that before, I heard he was healthy scratched tonight. Yeah. So that that 
as maybe maybe that, that maybe that means he's going to be traded. But the thing the thing with DeBrusque, if, if you remember, we were talking about the whole fact that it was a, a long and drawn out holdout before he finally signed the two year deal. And the speculation out of Boston was that they felt that DeBru they were getting that DeBrusque had reached what he was going to be, and they didn't think there was any more there. That he's a twenty goal scorer, yeah. And that, all right, though. I mean, he's a twenty. Right, but I don't like. I, I think he's a decent player. What do they want out of this guy? Well, they're paying him three, three million, three something. I think. I think four. I think twenty goals for under four million is fine. I mean, if you're like, if you're, fine. I mean, I think you know. To me, that's like they obviously want more <laughs> or that for them. I mean, what do you if you if you score thirty goals, you're not getting you know. Well, you get I don't think they want, I, I tell you what, I think the. I'm going to read between the lines here yeah. uh, and go with what is usually the problem here, and that's the dollars. They don't necessarily want more offense; they just don't want to pay for it, Mike. I think that's it. Oh, sure. I mean, I mean, still, hold on, hold on. They still expect all the Bruins to take a discount, right. and you know what? Players are tired of doing it. Right. They're. I mean, like they're getting a, they're getting a really good year out of Nick Ritchie, and Nick Ritchie's making one point five million. That's my point. Right. Not nobody's doing that anymore for the Bruins. And they're every tired of it. They're done with it. Yeah. And every yeah. and every time a player asks for a little more, they may give it to him, but then they end up someplace else, like Danton Hine and going to right. Anaheim. Right. Eventually, so, they know, have yeah. I know. I agree with you. Yeah. So I mean, there's a Panarin thing. Okay, we have the question. Let's answer a couple of questions because people are asking these questions. Things we're going to talk about anyway. Um, Panarin out indefinitely. Which way will the Rangers go this year? This is definitely something that changes everything. Obviously, um, he's their best player. He's out, you know, and um, we don't know how long he's going to be out for. That's really, a, it's really a bizarre situation right now. Yeah, um, and they can't say where he is, whether he's in the U.S. or Russia, because it's all very tentative. It could be scary yeah. at times. We don't know what's going on with that, but it's a big yeah. time family matter. Like he's going to be, he could miss yeah. the rest of the season, and it wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah, yeah, and I'm. Yeah, and and come on, they're they're not in the playoff race. They weren't a playoff team anyhow. Yeah. What they should be doing is playing Lafreniere on the top line the rest of the year, yeah. playing all the young players that they can, right. and let everybody develop. Right. Um, I I'm gonna just bring us to baseball. There were a couple of years when the Mets had a chance to develop some of the young players, and because they had veterans on the team, Terry Collins kept playing these veterans because he's like, yeah. Well, you know, the veterans are here. You know what? I don't care about the veterans. If you want to play Kevin Rooney, he doesn't have to play every game. You don't. There are certain times where you can play these young players, let Gautier play for the whole year on the third line, let these guys get their reps. It doesn't do anything for this team in the future by playing yeah. these bottom six guys right. huge minutes and play, not let anybody get off the bottom six either. Play Keandre Miller 19, 20 minutes a night. And see what yeah. you got. All right, so Mike Doyle asks, guys, what depth forward should the Penguins be targeting? The fourth line is awful, and why would they? Ha what would they have to give up? Um, Ryan and Glenn Denning are possibilities. Um, I think Ryan's a. a I think Ryan's a possibility. Ryan would be a good fit. Yeah. Yeah, because because obviously Burke drafted him in Anaheim, and he's a one million dollar salary. But as Russ knows, there's very little in the coffers in Pittsburgh. Right. You know they they don't yeah. want they don't want to give up draft picks because because that's what they, they always give up draft picks and right. they got to stop that at some point. And Russ, who is it? Sam Poulas. Sam Poulas is their is their top guy. You don't want to give that up. I mean, they already had to trade Kalen Addison, who's going to be really good. Like they they can't really trade on their future. They really should right. only be trading on what is on the roster. Right. So I agree with all that. Um, I, I like Glenn Denning for them a lot more, actually, than I like Ryan. Um, the, the the situation for them with Ryan, um, 
I, I'm a big I, Leonard, I'll tell you why. Glenn, they don't have a problem with faceoffs. Crosby can take faceoffs. They got a lot of guys there that can take faceoffs. Once you take the faceoffs away from Glenn Denning, there's not a lot there. There's a little bit there. Where Ryan is, hey, Ryan. he still skates well. And if you put him with Crosby or Malkin, you no, if you, if that's your plan, okay. If your plan is to put him with Crosby or Malkin, then yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but don't bring Ryan in and put him on the third or fourth no, line. No, 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 they won't do that. It's a pointless no. thing to do, you know what I mean? Because yes. and but Glenn Denning's your guy. Like this, he, the question is how to include in, in, in fix the fourth line, right? So to me, I mean, fourth Russ, line is a yeah. But if I'm, if I'm putting Ryan on the first or the second line, everybody's moving down, and it will improve the fourth line. I mean, Russ, do you think that they're, right. they're they'd be willing to give up a guy like Pierre Olivier Joseph? Yeah, I think you know, like, is a possibility. Uh, you know, even someone like Sam Lafferty's been playing well. You offer him and maybe another player in, in Scranton. Uh, they have young goalies there. They, you know, it depends what what a team's looking for. True, that's really true. I just got a text about something here. One second, sorry. I mean, um, um, uh, Flamester wants to know whether the Rangers would go after Goudreau. I'm assuming you mean after the season and not during the season because I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's the direction they're going to go in. Not because of he's he's not the kind of player they want. They definitely could use a great winger. Uh, I just don't think they're at that point where they want to get him. They're not really a playoff team, although they might be able to make it with him and then have to pay him big money when all of a sudden you're going to have to pay Zibanejad too. I think they're right. going after a center if they're going after right. They have to get a center. They can't get any more wingers. That's yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's true too. Yeah, true um, too. I'm sorry about that. So that that's interesting. So the the text. Um, good. Yeah, we could we could we could see some. We could see the Flyers do something today. Um, I don't know exactly. I mean, it, from what I'm being told, at least from this text, I'm trying to think of what I can say. Um, Definitely one of their current defensemen could be on the move. I'll put it, let me put it that way. Okay. Um, now their current, so their current defenseman, you know, that's uh, pretty uh, pretty obvious who that could. It, you would think it's obvious, but it's not actually that obvious. I would think it's Gostaspier, but you would think it was Gostaspier, but I'm not quite sure. Right, that right. That no, I'm, I'm just guessing. You're not. Yeah, no. I mean, that would be my first thought too. But and I texted back, so that would be Ghost. The question was, don't assume that. The answer response was, don't assume that. So don't assume it's Ghost. So no. we'll see. Flamester always uh, also asks about uh, the Leafs starting talks with Anderson. I don't think they're going to start talks with him until after the year. Um, I don't think they're, you know, they're. Yeah. I, think, I think they're keeping their options open based on what Anderson does in the playoffs. Um, which you know, is what they should do. Which is what they should do. Yeah, and then then yeah, if Ander, if if they fall short again, even if they win a round, if they you know the the expectation here for the Leafs, you know, right now is okay. It's not. Let's just get out of the. Not just get one round it's like get out of the north division and compete for the stanley cup that's what they that that's what the moves right. that they've made are aimed for if they do that then i think they'll be interested in re-signing anderson but anderson is you know there's not many goaltenders on this market so you know he right. might he might price himself out in toronto i think i think toronto's more focused on re-signing zach hyman than they are on frederick anderson here's what i also would say if it's today i think it's travis connecting I do. Yeah. I think he is the guy getting traded because I, they can't do anything with Voracek in the way of getting him traded. Not this year. Not the way the divisions are. Not the way the right. They, they 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 have tried. Believe me, they've tried. Yeah. But I do think the minute you put Connecting on the market, you may be able to get what you're looking for with other pieces involved. And so I think it's Connecting. 
Yeah. Um, he hasn't had the greatest year either. I was told it was a defenseman, so but okay. we'll see. I mean, it's possible. It could be a defenseman with him. That, if that's it, yeah, I mean, if it's a defenseman, I would. I mean, I think Sandheim is a guy that people have a lot of interest in, and I think the Flyers have. Yeah, but the, not a hundred percent as into him as you would think they would be. You're borrowing from Peter to pay Paul here. That's what they're doing with that. No, yeah, but the thing about Sandheim is, I mean, Sandheim is a very much a. You know this, Russ, from Washington play all the time. He's a really weird defenseman. Like he at times he can look really good and he can look really bad, no, and he's. He's all over the map. Like there are times when you're like, "Oh, that guy's the next, the next top defenseman in our top yeah. pairing." And then there's times yeah, when you're like, Geez. "He falls yeah. over all the time." Yeah. He has a tough time with his crossover yeah. skating backwards. You're right, stuff about like that. That. you're right about that. Here's what I could see, though. I could see someone taking like Robert Hag and Connecty because they can go instantly into a team's lineup for somebody else. Because if you if the team doesn't want Gostaspier, as an example, I think the Flyers have resigned themselves to the fact that hey. If we have to use Ghost the rest of the year on a top parent, we're just going to do it out of necessity unless they get somebody in trade and then they can move him down a little bit. They would love to move him. But again, even his salary is who wants him beyond this year with that salary? Right, right. I, I don't disagree with that. It's um, not a shot at him. It's just he's overpaid for what he can produce now. I do think, you know, what the text I got from, which is kind of interesting because, you know, it's from somebody within the world um, of the yeah. Flyers world who was watching the show. Who actually said um, that Russ might be uh, Russ is a little more right on you than this as far as the, the Flyers might have looked at this basically okay. as more of, as more of a bellwether than 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 I am more of more of what you're saying they might have seen those three losses in four games as more significant Thank than you, I did. Texer. Texer. Yeah, yeah. So might, I think it might be along the lines there. Um, um, so the other the, the question on Montreal and Hall um, is definitely something I wanted to touch base on real quick. Um, and I do, I do, I do think that that's one of the teams that goes after Hall. Um, and I do think Taylor Hall has interest in playing for the Montreal Canadiens. I've heard that. Um, I've heard that he, he have no problem going there and playing for them. They have the same. They have the same problem as Toronto and a few other teams. They don't have the cap space. Right. They have to right. trade somebody of equal value. Right. right. They have to make a move. Um, I, you know that whether or not, I just, I just feel like he's a better fit in Montreal than he is Toronto. Um, so if you're going to, if you're going to go out there and yeah, do that, you're going to go out there and make the trade for cap space and do something. Uh, like I, don't, I don't know about that act because one thing Taylor Hall can't do is play center. And right now that's right. the, that's the big weakness for Montreal. They're the reason that they've slowed yeah, no, because sure. Suzuki, Kutkin, Yemi and Deno are not doing the same thing well, that they did last year. They did slump Mike. I think it's worthy of saying for the people that were jumping ship yeah. with Harry price and otherwise his last two and three games, he's had like a 963 save percentage. Yeah. And there was a, a subtlety, and I don't know if it was Sean Burke or just him. I think it's probably him, where he was staying down a little too long. Somebody showed it on one of the networks yesterday, and right. instead he's staying more upright and he's making more saves, like uh, you know, against the pole, against the um, post, and yeah. otherwise. And you know what? It really could just be that much of a difference where a little bit of his game slumped like that, it's and a little quick tune it gets him back in it. It's very possible. Now, now again, like. I, Again, the cap is the issue here. But yes. the Leafs are looking for a left winger to play with Tavares and Nylander. Mm. That the Hall would fit with that. Um, but I don't see a way other than trading a, a salary like Alex Kerfoot, who's making three and a half million. And I don't 
think they really are anxious to trade Kerfoot because he's actually playing really well right now, that you could fit Hall. I think that if the Leafs are going after somebody, they're going after somebody who's making uh, a lot less than $8 million. It's probably somebody who's making – that's why Granlund has been talked about because he's making under four. That's why Eric Stahl has been mentioned. He's making under four. Um, there's a couple other names like, like Nick Cousins and uh, – uh, um, Lawson Krause, who've been uh, I wrote about yesterday. Uh, you know they're limited in what they can do, but I do think that they want to add depth to their forwards. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> there are some names. There seems like to me, I've I've never felt more hesitant on some of these names that you're mentioning, Mike, that I do this year going into the trade deadline. I know there, there's certain like there's just some things that I'm really afraid of. If I'm a if I'm a GM, about, about who specifically? I mean, yeah, like so. Um, all right, Granlin. Let's let's start there. Granlin. Well, I mean, I, I like. I think Granlin is a bad fit for the Leafs. But the only the only thing I you know everybody's putting two 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 and two together. They they tried to sign him in the off season. He re-signed in in Nashville. He's not having a particularly good year with the Preds. He the last three or four years has not been good in the playoffs. He's not yeah. a big body. I don't. Yeah. Think it's a big there are a lot of things that I would look at if I was Toronto. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think. It's <laughs> I would definitely say he's not good in the playoffs. That's not what you want. Right, um, but his but his but the mention of him has cooled over the last few weeks. And I touched base with somebody in Nashville, and he says he said he hadn't heard anything about Granlin, but. You know, with David Poyle there, you never hear anything about any trade until it happens. Well, uh, let's talk about this trade that Bill C. You have okay, put up well, here. Thing, here's what here's what um, Montreal could do. Yep. If Montreal were willing to give up like Tatar to balance the trade because he makes four eight and he's a UFA, then Sabres yep. don't hold the salary. Someone like Kate Gooley and a pick, they probably could get Taylor Hall. Yeah. Right. But to, but then then again, Abel is better than his brother. Don't start saying you know. I know they. No have no 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 no. What I was going to say I is know. again. I didn't think you would. I'm not talking you know, about you. A team that is weak offensively, Montreal. You're trading a guy who's still producing for them offensively in Tatar. The hope is and, more upside with Hall. Though. I, I agree, but I think they I think they would probably rather not give up Tatar to get Hall. I think they would probably want to give up somebody else yeah. like. Except he is a UFA, Mike. So you just trade. I mean, right? But how much of a difference is Hall going to make than Tatar? Well, I mean, in the right circumstances, he can make a much bigger difference. Yeah, and Davy, Davy Jones, no, Tatar is not better than Hall. Hall is better. He's than better than Jesus Hall. Christ! No, I mean Tatar is better than people think he is. He's, but better, he's not than better than Hall. He's not better than Hall. Um, he's, he's but he's better than people. Give him, people give him credit for. I mean, that is in, true. At least in Montreal, he's been very good. Um, yes. Now, okay, Bill C. Uh, you know, yeah. attaching Mark Stahl to the Bruins, which might make sense because they've lost Lawson and Carlo and yeah. I think Kevin Miller, um, so they need defensive help. And but but Stahl's five point seven. You know, you'd have to have Eisman retain fifty percent. Um, is DeBrusque somebody that Detroit would be interested in? I think so. I, I think mm. I would like a fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good. That's actually a good fit. DeBrusque is like your typical. He is like your guy that's going to go to an expansion team, which I consider Detroit basically. And 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 once you give him, once you give him um, ice time, he's going to be really good. I think he that's is, that. Yeah, he's just not really fast. So it depends on what kind of team that. Eiserman wants to build. You do need some goal scorers, and not everybody can be the fastest guy. You know, he can yeah. be like Tafoli. I, yeah. I think I think there's a chance of that. Also, you know, the, it did report, did break when I was on Sirius 
about Darcy Kempner being out for four weeks or more. Yeah, that's big. Um, that's pretty much going to preclude him from being traded now, too. It really is, and that that's that's a that that changes a lot of things. Um, and and Arizona, I mean, right now Arizona is in the thick of the race for the top, bottom two spots in the West. I mean, there are twenty seven. Um, Minnesota's at 29, Colorado's at 28. Big win by Minnesota last night. Huge. I wanted to talk about that for a second. And I know it's not a rumor, but I think that, man, that goaltender. Yeah. I mean, I know, he, but we, we don't know if you could ride him for a season. That's the problem. Let's just, let's just talk about what he's done. First of all, like six wins in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why you didn't, you never could sit there. I, I don't understand that. I maybe we talked at length about tell, telling Talbot that he's the starter when he gets there. It just makes no sense to me. Um, but anyway. Yeah. I do. Um, they basically did at this point. So uh, to me, I look at this kid, and they, you know he's won six in a row, mm-hmm. which is the most that rookies ever won for the Minnesota Wild. He he, he stops a seven game win streak by the Vegas Golden Knights with a shutout last night. I mean, this is, these are significant things now, that are like it was, it was, it was Vegas with Petrangelo, right? Yeah, without Stone and Petrangelo. So. Yeah, but yeah, granted, but still they they've they've been winning oh, without those guys. So I mean, they have they they haven't been winning a lot. So. Gosh, what are like a, a, I mean, just, have to worry about Nick is yeah. um, last year was his first pro year here. You right. Worry, uh, if all of a sudden you're playing him two out of every three, right? What happens when you get to the playoffs and you're riding a young goalie. We haven't really had too many young goalies be very successful. I know people might point to Bennington, but he wasn't young. Yeah, he wasn't young. Uh, and I'm not sure if Kakanen, I think he's 23 or four. Yeah. He's not super young either. He's played he's not super young, but he's inexperienced. He's played a lot. He's been a lot of time in the AHL, hasn't he? So not a lot. I think he's just he was rookie there last year in the AHL. I think. Okay. He's, okay. okay he's, yeah. So one year. 20, he's twenty four years old, and he played uh, two seasons with Iowa, thirty nine and thirty four. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's not a ton of pro time. Well, it just further goes to that. Further goes to the fact that you know that that we have like I will always say sorry, Doug. Going to be outside in a second. Um, I will firmly, firmly say that we have the best group of young goaltenders we've ever had in the NHL right now. Yeah, I think I, that's fair. I, I really agree. I, with that. I don't think there's ever been a time when that's been, you know, uh, and I think that they agree. Yeah, <laughs> I probably agree. Um, I have to get going, guys. Unfortunately, at two o'clock, I have to leave right too. But we'll, we'll finish up the show with a couple questions. Thank you guys for watching. I really appreciate it. I will be back again tomorrow. I just have a family appointment right now. And um, we'll thanks, guys. You guys finish up. I won't end the broadcast. I just don't yep. sit there. All right, cool. I'll leave. I'm back. See you guys later. Thanks. See you. Okay. Um, we'll finish off with a couple questions. Um, somebody is m- mentioning Connor Garland, and I, 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 Ross, I think this with this news now, Kemper's out for, like they said, up to four weeks. I'm not saying that they're done, yeah, but, they're done. but I'm, but they're done. I think, I think Arizona's done. We thought Arizona was going to dump at before the deadline because of money, pure and simple. Now, if Kemper is out and they have to go with Ranta and Aiden Hill, um, I don't think they're going to stay in the race. I think it's, you know, I think that LA is going to blow by them and you have Minnesota and Colorado. So um, I, I think that you're going to see them, you know, shed, you know, guys like Lawson Krause and Broussard and the yeah. and the defensemen go. I mean, here's here's where here's where Philadelphia might go for a cheap defenseman if they don't want to make the investment of trading a first round pick for Ekholm or or something high for Savard. Maybe they go after Alex Goligoski or they go after Yarmolson. Right. I, I would say this. Um, I the date I sort of came up with when I was on Sirius before was 
I think teams are going to give it till March 31st. And then at March 31st, since the 12th the deadline, you get past the quarantine period, you'll get a guy just before the uh, deadline. Anyhow, I think teams are going to look at their rosters, look at their record and say, all right, at this point in time, where are we at? And I still think even the Coyotes will do that. You can't give up playoff revenue, Mike. They're, they would actually. There is no playoff revenue. The re- the revenue is normally tickets, and there's no t- there's no seats. Well, we don't know. We don't know what tickets are going to be like when the playoffs start, especially in a place like Arizona. They might let them pack the place. You know, and this is the thing. Davy Jones says they could get a first round pick and a prospect for Garland. This is a team that doesn't have any draft picks. Right. That is a motivating. You know, they may, a motivating factor for sure. Yeah, they may trade so which they need. Right, I but uh, yeah, it's a question of how much. I I don't know how much money they're going to make by making the playoffs. If they they're going to save money now, if they if, if for some reason Kempner turns out to be more than four weeks, they could put him on LTIR and save some money. We'll see, right? Yeah. All right. Um, I saw one more question, and we'll we'll go here. A good, good question, Mike. Don't put garbage up there. Yeah. Uh, well, Davey's like, does Anti Rant have any trade value? Well, they're not going to trade him now. The Kemper's hurt. They're not trade him right now. Yeah, no, it's a, it's over. That that's over with. Um, let's see here. Okay, Rogers would would Toronto if Toronto would trade for Nick Foligno, they might need to move Neilander. They're not moving Neilander during the season. That's right. the thing. Like as much as you, as much as Roger, you, it seems that like you want them to move Neilander, and I think it's going to be necessary for them to move Neilander. I don't think tough. Nick Felino's moving in season either. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Felino's the team captain in Columbus. Right. He's got a no move clause. Yeah, he's not going anywhere this in season. I think Felino probably signs another deal and finishes his career in Columbus. He's been there ever since he got traded from Ottawa, so I don't see him moving on. Yeah. Yeah. The only way it ha- the only way it happens is if the contract negotiations with Columbus have dried up and they're not even talking. And if that's the case, then you know, then he would waive his no move clause. But I think he's got a modified no trade too, so he would con- again, like Taylor Hall, he would control where he goes. So, yeah, he's going to control where he goes. Yeah, and you know, maybe he wants to win a Stanley Cup. Um, let's see here. Toronto yeah. really the place to go. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Stop it. Hey, hey, Cameron Young. Hey, Russ or Mike, since you guys are fans of NHL teams like the Rangers and the Leafs, is there a rule that since you guys are fans of other fans of other teams, can you still cover their games? I covered the Leaf games, and I'm right down the middle. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm down the middle. The I, I, I stopped being a Ranger fan like in 2000. Yeah, you can't. Uh, okay, this is the thing. You can't cheer in the press box. No, if you ask, are they my team when I grew up? Yes. Yeah. Have I written books about them? Yes. Yes. But, yes, I cover plenty of games at MSG, and I cover everywhere, and, no, it's not a problem. Yeah, and I, I find it no more, no less pleasurable to go and cover games in Toronto than to cover games in Buffalo, and Buffalo is not – I haven't covered in Philly straight for, like, 15 years now. <laughs> right. Um, now, Thatcher Demko had another good game yesterday, Ross. Uh, yeah. That's three in a row. I think it was a 2-1 two, win over – Montreal. So yeah, he now, was the um, second star of the week. Yeah, and you know, hey, I mean, okay, they've played a lot more games than every than everybody else in the division, but they're only three points behind the Canadians. I did bring this up when I put out that article a week ago on Elite Prospects about Thatcher Demko that it was possible now that he is locked in 
that they could start making gains on the division. And I do think there's a chance they can make gains on that division. Yeah. Every time you're playing, this is the one year where truly if you're five or six points out, you are not out of it because you don't have to play like four games to make up a bunch of points. You're going to make up instant points in some case cases on the teams you're going to play. So this yeah. is a year where if you can hang around four to six points out, you're in it. Yeah, the only the only team that's out of it in the north right now is Ottawa. I right. mean, Calgary's at 25 and second place is 32. So it's seven points. And you're in a division with four point all four points game, four point games. Right. Uh, Elizabeth, please do not insult me by calling me a Sabres fan. <laughs> you insult my intelligence. <laughs> um yes. On that note, we'll end the show. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast. For the departed Eklund, for Russ Cohen, I'm Michael Agello. Thank you for watching. And remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey.